Welcome into the Locked On Aggies podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Travis, the Locked On Aggies podcast, your daily source for everything Texas A&M athletics, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, I'm your host, Taylor Travis, at TaylorTravis15 on Twitter. You can follow the show on Twitter, at Locked On Aggies. You can like the show on Facebook. Just type into the search bar, Locked On Aggies. Click on it. It'll pop right up. You can like the page. That's where all the episodes are posted, as well as plenty of Aggie news. Uh, Also, all the episodes are posted on Twitter. You can also find the episodes on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Megaphone, on the TuneIn app. And actually, this is brand new. As of yesterday, our shows are now on Spotify. So if you're a Spotify guy, if you have Spotify Premium, you prefer to use Spotify, we'll just search Locked on Aggies, and the podcast will pop up, and you can listen to us that way as well. Lots of different ways you can listen to Locked On Aggies, but I'm glad you're listening to us today. Lots to talk about. Texas A&M taking on number 13, Kentucky, on Saturday, 6 o'clock ESPN. And yeah, you didn't miss hear what I just said. Uh, Kentucky coming into the game ranked number 13th. Isn't that crazy? Who would have thought at the beginning of the year that Kentucky would be the 13th best team in the country when Texas A&M hosted them? That's wild to me. You know, I thought Kentucky would be improved, but ranked 13th? Wow. Mark Stoops has done a really good job there. Jimbo Fisher talked about that at his uh, SEC coaches teleconference earlier today. We'll hit on that in just a little bit. Also, we're going to hit on recruiting. We're going to talk recruiting. Texas A&M has the number one recruiting class in the country now. It's been number one according to ESPN for quite some time. But Georgia had a big decommitment opening the door for Texas A&M to hit that number one spot. And now they're the number one ranked team in the country according to 24-7 Sports and according to rivals. So Jimbo Fisher doing big things. It's hard to believe. Texas A&M, the number one recruiting class in the country, and Jimbo Fisher hasn't even been there for a whole year yet. I'm also going to do my SEC power rankings. It's something I like to do on a weekly basis. There's been a lot of uh, movement in those rankings this week, so I want to hit on that just a little bit. Uh, Where will I have Kentucky? Again, Kentucky ranked 13th. Do I think they're legitimately the 13th best team in the country? Where do I have them ranked in the SEC? We'll get to that in the third segment, but let's talk a little bit more about these Kentucky Wildcats. Again, Texas A&M taking on 13th-ranked Kentucky at Kyle Field, 6 o'clock ESPN on Saturday. Uh, By the way, have you seen those uniforms, those throwback uniforms that Texas A&M is going to be wearing on Saturday? Those are sharp. If you haven't seen them, uh, Locked On Aggies Twitter, at Locked On Aggies retweeted those earlier last week. I'm sure you can Google them as well, and they'll pop right up. But those are some really sharp uniforms. It's weird to me. You know, I'm not a very old guy. I'm not going to say my age, but, you know, I'm still relatively young. But it's weird to me that Texas a and is going to be wearing throwbacks that I remember them wearing in 1998. That's just weird to me that 1998 is considered, like, a long time ago now. It's just wild. But those uniforms are sharp. Those helmets are probably my favorite part of it. I don't know what I like about it. It's just, I think the simplicity is what I'm a big fan of. But again, Texas A&M will be wearing those throwbacks on Saturday at Kyle Field against Kentucky. I can't wait to see what they look like you know, in live action. Sometimes you see pictures of the jerseys. Sometimes they don't look as good under the lights on Kyle Field. Sometimes they look better. So I'm really looking forward to seeing those in action. But Kentucky ranked number 13th. I've been talking all week about Benny Snell, Kentucky's running back. I think he's in my Heisman top five, maybe even top four. I think he's the best running back in the country. That's right. I think he's better than Bryce Love. I think you put Benny Snell on Stanford, and Benny Snell would put up better numbers than Bryce Love. I really do. I think Benny Snell is that talented of a running back. But 
nobody's talking about the defense of Kentucky. Really, if you're circling a strength of this Kentucky team, it's the defense. As good as Benny Snell is, don't get me wrong, he's certainly a strength. But if there's an area of concern, an area where I think Kentucky can give Texas A&M trouble, it's not necessarily Benny Snell because Texas A&M has had a really good run defense all year. I think they'll be able to at least, uh, you know, I'm not going to say they're going to lock down Benny Snell because that's really hard to do, especially the way he runs. But I think they'll be able to control him a little bit. They'll keep him from running free. But if there's one area where I'm concerned about, it's the Kentucky defense. They're giving up about 12.6 points a game, 280 yards. That's something you don't see very often this day and age in college football where there's so many points scored all over the place. That Kentucky defense is something serious. And it makes sense because Mark Stoops, their head coach, he has a defensive background, right? I mean, he was at Florida State under Jimbo Fisher from 2002 to 2012. Did a really good job at Florida State. Everywhere he's been, he's had a good defense. So it's no surprise to me that Mark Stoops has been there for a few years now and that program's identity revolves around its defense. I know Benny Snell's good. I know if you ask a majority of people around the country, hey, if you think Kentucky football, who do you think? They're going to say Benny Snell. But that defense is the reason Kentucky is undefeated and the reason Kentucky is ranked 13th coming into this game in Kyle Field. Texas a head coach Jimbo Fisher had his SEC media teleconference earlier today, and he talked a little bit about Mark Stoops, and he talked a little bit about the Kentucky defense Again, Mark Stoops coached under Jimbo Fisher as defensive coordinator at Florida State from 2010 all the way until 2012. And Jimbo Fisher, during the SEC media teleconference, was asked, you know, what stands out about Mark Stoops from his time coaching under him at Florida State? This is what he had to say. Well, first of all, he was a heck of a football coach. I mean, he was extremely thorough. I mean, Mark is a, I guess you call a football-holic. I mean, he grinded at the game. He worked at the game. Understood it very tough, very demanding. Understood both ends, front end, back end. You know, he was a secondary guy himself, but understood the front and how to stop the run. Uh, really good football coach. But they have changed a lot on defense. They were more of a four-two-five defense back then. Still, a lot of the same characteristics in that they they stop the run. They're very physical. There's very few gaps. There's, you have to, what Mark's always has done too when he play. I mean, there's nothing there. What I'm saying is, you have to earn all your plays. You have to beat people. You have to out that block them, outrun them run a better route, but there's always going to be somebody there with the right leverage at the right place at the right time, and they tackle very well. So Jimbo Fisher with nothing but good things to say about his former assistant, Mark Stoops. And here in just a little bit, Jimbo spoke a little bit more about the Kentucky defense. We'll hear from him and what he had to say in just a little bit. But when you look at this Kentucky defense, it's right up there with Alabama and LSU as far as best defenses Texas a and will face all year. Points are going to be really hard to come by on Saturday. It's going to be a really low-scoring game. I think the over-under is around 51-52. I would hammer that under if I was a better. If I gambled, I would hammer that under because I don't see that many points being scored on Saturday. Kentucky ranks 26th against the run, and we've seen Texas A&M have plenty of trouble getting anything going against those good front sevens they've had on their schedule. Alabama, Clemson, I know we talked up Arkansas's run defense Travion Williams ended up running for over 100 yards. So he finally got something going. But one thing to keep in mind, most of the rush yards that Travion Williams got last Saturday were running east and west. He didn't really get many yards running up the middle. Kentucky has a lot of athletes on the outside. That's going to be hard to do against Kentucky. So that's one concern of mine. Can Texas A&M run the football against Kentucky? Let's look at their pass defense. 29th in the country against the pass. Very, very respectable. They have some really talented DBs. Kellen Mond is going to have to play a lot better than he did against Arkansas to move the ball against this defense. 
And not only that, but Jamon Ospin, with him out with an injury for a while, I would guess the remainder of the year, because by the way, Jimbo Fisher spoke on his radio show today and said Jamon Ospin has the same injury as Michael Clemens, the Texas a defensive end, who still hasn't returned to action, and we're almost at the halfway point of the season. So you got to wonder if Jamon Ospin will be back on the football field this season. It's looking pretty unlikely to me. But who's going to step up at receiver? Is it going to be Cam Buckley, Kendrick Rogers? I know Jay Sternberger, Texas a tight end, is probably the best pass catcher. I'm not going to say receiver because he doesn't play wide receiver, but he's probably the biggest threat as far as catching the football goes. But Texas A&M needs to have somebody on the outside who can make plays, especially against this Kentucky football team. It's going to be tough on Saturday. It really is. You look at Kentucky. You see that game on the schedule. It's so easy to just kind of check it off as a win. Not this year. Not this year. Kentucky is something serious. They're a problem, and Texas A&M's going to have to show up on Saturday if they want to win this football game. But let's hear what Jimbo Fisher had to say earlier today during the SEC teleconference about the Kentucky defense. You know, from the 3-4 look, the thing they do, they bring, I mean, it's, it's very, they'll bring the edge guys, they'll bring the inside guys, drop the in. I mean, they make you, even though they may only bring four guys on a play, you have to account for seven and eight constantly. And they do a great job, so you can't you know, always know where Allen's at, even though they say, I want to double-team him, or they'll do it, and they'll bait you, and then bring in guys from the other side and make them unblocked. I mean, they, they're very smart in how they set him up in the pass rush, overload the side, get him on a one-on-one backside, and make you slide the line, or then bring the guy on that side. So if you have a backer and lineman to help chip, it becomes a one-on-one situation. So they do a tremendous job in how they isolate those guys, Watson and Allen, those guys when they rush them and the things they do. You heard Jimbo Fisher mention Josh Allen. Now, Josh Allen, he's a guy who's kind of a hybrid. He plays a little bit of defensive end, plays some linebacker, a lot like Vaughn Miller did at Texas A&M, or even Demontre Moore. It's really similar positions. But Josh Allen's one of the best defenders in the SEC, and he's a name, I wouldn't say he's a household name. A lot of people don't know about him, but he really is one of the elite defenders in the SEC this year. You look at his stats. He has 33 total tackles, 10 and a half for a loss, and six sacks. He's going to be a problem for this Texas A&M offensive line. It's going to be really hard to keep him out of the backfield and to keep Kellamond on his feet. Kellamond's going to have to scramble and extend plays if the Texas A&M offense wants to have any success on Saturday. It's going to be tough. Coming up next, we're going to talk recruiting. Texas A&M with a number one recruiting class in the country as of this morning. But before I do that, I want to tell you about Vivid Seats. You know, one of my favorite things to do is to go to the big game, get good seats, hang out with friends. But when I'm looking for tickets online, there's one place I go to because I know that they have the best deals and there's really no place like it. But Vivid Seats is that place. And Vivid Seats right now is a really special offer for all of my listeners. If you're a new customer, download the Vivid Seats app on either Google Play or the App Store. Enter promo code Locked On, and you'll receive $20 off orders of $200 or more. New customers only. That's right. $20 off orders of $200 or more. And if that's not enticing enough, if that doesn't get your attention... What about this? A 100% buyer guarantee. Your tickets are 100% guaranteed. So grab your phone, go to Google Play or the App Store. Remember, the MLB playoffs are coming up. The NBA is getting started. There's a lot of big football games coming up this weekend. You want to be there. So grab some friends, get some tickets, download the Vivid Seats app, enter promo code LOCKEDON, $20 off your order of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. That's promo code LOCKEDON. $20 off orders of $200 or more for new customers. Again, a 100% buyer guarantee. You can't go wrong. It's the best deal out there. If you're looking for tickets, it's really the only place to go. 
Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you like they've helped me time and time again to get to your favorite live event, whether that's a baseball game, a basketball game, whether it's a big concert or even theater, Vivid Seats is the place to go. Again, Locked On is the promo code. Enter promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. You're listening to Locked On Aggies, your daily source for everything Texas A&M athletics. I'm your host, Taylor Travis, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, Texas A&M now has the number one recruiting class in 2019. Uh, that happened earlier today when Georgia had a decommitment. Top wide receiver recruit Jaden Hazelwood reopened his commitment. He initially committed to Georgia. Georgia, by the way, killing it on the recruiting trail. You really can't give enough credit to Kirby Smart and his staff and the job they've done at Georgia. But again, Jaden Hazelwood, the wide receiver, the number 12th ranked recruit overall. So a really highly rated recruit. Uh, he decided to reopen his recruitment. He announced it on Twitter yesterday. Uh, so as a result, Texas A&M jumped Georgia. And now they're the number one school in the country as far as recruiting goes. The best recruiting class in the country, according to Rivals, 24-7 Sports, and ESPN. And if you look at this recruiting class, it's really encouraging. It's really encouraging. And not only the class, but just the fact that Jimbo Fisher has been the head coach at Texas A&M for less than a full year, right? And he's already tearing it up on the recruiting trail. And the way Texas A&M looks this year, I don't really see that momentum slowing down anytime soon. Now, will they finish the year with the number one recruiting class in the country? If I had to guess, probably not. That's going to be really hard to do when you have teams like Alabama with Nick Saban, Georgia with Kirby Smart. It's difficult to do. It really is. But do I see Texas A&M finishing with a top five class? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Jimbo Fisher has always recruited well at Florida State. But now he has the state of Texas. He has the best facilities in the country at Texas A&M. He has a recruiting hotbed because he's close to Houston. He's close to Dallas. There's a lot of big-name recruits. He's not far from Louisiana. Louisiana always has a lot of big-name recruits as well. He has a lot of things going for him at Texas A&M. And I think we're going to continuously, year in and year out from Jimbo Fisher, see top three, top four, top five recruiting classes. It's just going to be something that's going to happen, something Texas A&M fans should get used to, because that's how it's going to be. But you look at this recruiting class. This is why it's promising. Right now, Texas A&M has three glaring weaknesses, at least from my eyes, from my opinion. Number one's in the secondary. You have Donovan Wilson, who's a senior defensive back, who... When he's on the field, the secondary looks completely different, right? I mean, look back on last Saturday. He actually wasn't ejected for targeting for once. He's already been ejected for targeting twice this year. But he comes up with a huge interception with a minute 10 left on the clock. Arkansas driving, trying to tie the game and send it into overtime again. It seems like every time Arkansas and Texas A&M play at Jerry World, it goes into overtime. But this time, Donovan Wilson had other plans. But other than Donovan Wilson, that secondary, it's just so young. It's so inexperienced, and there's not a whole lot of talent there. Leon O'Neal, extremely talented, not ready yet. Davion Rimfro, I think, is a decent player, but I just don't think he's a guy who's ever going to be starting in the SEC at corner. Charles Oliver, to me, has raised a lot of red flags this year with his coverage and his tackling. Derek Tucker, also, I thought would be a really good player. There's still a lot of time for him to be a good player. He's only a sophomore, but his tackling as well has been really, really subpar. But you look at this Texas A&M recruiting class, and there is stud DB after stud DB. And it all starts with Brian Williams. Brian Williams, you've never heard of him. He's from Dallas. He's a four-star recruit, a guy who I think might end up being a five-star recruit by the time this is all said and done. 
He's the 46th ranked player nationally, 6th in the state of Texas. Uh, he's a really talented defensive back. He's an SEC defensive back. He's a safety. He can cover. He can hit. He can really do it all. He's an all-around really good athlete. But you look at his offer list. He has offers from Alabama, from Auburn, from Florida. Really all the major programs in the country have offered this kid. But Texas A&M has him in the fold. That's promising. They also have Damani Richardson from Waxahachie, a four-star guy, four-star safety, 6'1", 209, the 61st-ranked recruit in the country, ninth in the state. Another SEC-caliber safety, just the way he's built, the way he can just... He's durable. He's durable. He can drop back and pass coverage. He can step up towards the line of scrimmage, stop the run. He's just a really valuable guy to have in the secondary if you're Texas A&M. You also have Eric Young from Fort Ben Bush out of Richmond. Another four-star guy. He's a corner. A really good man corner. Man-on-man coverage. He excels at. That's something Texas A&M doesn't have right now. He's ranked 13th in the state. A four-star kid. You also have Jeffrey Scooby Carter from Mansfield Legacy. Another four-star guy who's kind of a late bloomer who it seems like he's just skyrocketing up the rankings. He's underrated to me. I've seen him on film. That kid can play. He's an athlete. He is an SEC defensive back. He's good in coverage. He can drop back. He can lay the wood. He's just the type of defensive back. You know, he reminds me of those defensive backs that LSU always had back in the day. That's who he reminds me of. Remember Honey Badger? Tyron Matthew? And back then, I mean, they had a lot of other defensive backs, too, who were just studs. But that's who Scooby Carter reminds me of. The 18th-ranked player in the country, I think he would probably be my top 10. I'm really, really high on this kid. There's a lot of other talented defensive backs on the recruiting class uh, for Texas A&M. But another weakness for Texas A&M is the offensive line. We've talked plenty about that on Locked On Aggies. But they have Kenyon Green on the fold. Now, Kenyon Green from Humble, he's a five-star guy. He has offers from everywhere in the country. 6'4", 330. He'll be a freshman in 2019. He plays tackle. He's probably right now better than anybody on the offensive line for A&M. I think he could step on campus as a freshman. He could start, and he could be a stud. Help is on the way for the Texas A&M offensive line. Oh, by the way, another name to keep your eye on in the 2019 class, Baylor Cup. Baylor Cup. If you like Jay Sternberger, and you think what Jay Sternberger is doing in this offense is incredible, wait until Baylor Cup gets on campus. He's a 6'6", 240-pound tight end from Brock, Texas. He's a four-star guy who I think, again, is going to skyrocket up the rankings as the year goes on. He's a lot more talented than Jay Sternberger. He is going to be a star in this Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M offense when he steps on campus. Baylor Cup is a football player. He can catch the ball. He can go vertical. He can block. He's an all-around really talented tight end, and he's going to be a star in that Texas A&M offense before long. Baylor Cup, a name to remember in this 2019 class. All right, coming up next, we're going to go over my SEC power rankings. We're going to take a big look at the SEC as a whole. And on tomorrow's show, we're going to break down the Kentucky game more. I'm going to give my three things Texas A&M must do in order to win against Kentucky on Saturday. But SEC power rankings coming up next on Locked On Aggies. But first, let me tell you about Locked On NBA. The NBA season, the preseason started yesterday. But the NBA season is just around the corner. And if you're a fan of the NBA, like I am, I'm a fan of the Rockets, and I listen to Locked On Rockets with Ben DeBose. I love it. My buddy's a big Mavericks fan. He listens to Locked On Mavericks. But if you're a fan of the NBA, and you have a favorite team, there's a podcast for you. 
Just go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, go to Stitcher, the TuneIn app, wherever. Search Locked On and then your team name. The podcast will pop up. It's a daily podcast centered around your favorite NBA team. News, updates, injury reports, analysis of the game last night, analysis of the game to come. Just it, Locked On Sports Network, it's growing every day. It really is. And if you're a sports fan, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's for you. Again, the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, now with Locked On NBA. You're listening to the Locked On Aggies Podcast. I'm Taylor Travis. I'm your host, the Locked On Aggies Podcast, your daily source for everything Texas A&M Athletics, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And it's time for my weekly SEC Power Rankings. I, t- I like to take a step back and look at the SEC as a whole sometimes. And that's what we're going to do right now. My top five teams in the SEC, starting with Alabama. I mean, that's the obvious choice, right? Alabama has looked really good this year, to say the least. Texas A&M fans know all about it firsthand. But we always said that once Alabama gets an elite quarterback, it's game over. As if it wasn't already game over last year and the year before the year before. Now that they have an elite quarterback, they're just like a completely different level of good, right? Tua Tungo Viola has completely transformed that offense. And Alabama looks unbeatable. They're coming off a 56-14 win over Louisiana Lafayette. Yeah, I know it's Louisiana Lafayette, but it's just utter domination. Every team they play so far, it just hasn't been fair. So Alabama, my clear number one. Number two is Georgia. Now, I kind of thought about putting LSU at number two, but I put Georgia at number two. And I know Georgia hasn't really looked dominant over the last couple weeks. Last week, they beat Tennessee 38-12 a game that a lot of people thought would be closer to 45 nothing than 38-12. But I still think Georgia is the second most complete team in the SEC with, with uh, Jake Fromm at quarterback. There's playmakers all over that defense. DeAndre Swift at running back. It's a really good Georgia team. And I think they're probably the most likely team to be able to beat Alabama in the SEC, aside from maybe LSU. But in the SEC championship game, assuming both Alabama and Georgia make get there, I think Georgia can give Alabama a run for their money. So to me, they're the second best team in the SEC. Number three is LSU. Now, LSU beat Ole Miss 45-16 last week. You know the spread in that game, I believe, was 10.5. People thought Ole Miss might be able to hang with LSU just because they can score the football. But Joe Burrow, the transfer from Ohio State, has stepped in at quarterback, and he's done a really good job for LSU. All of a sudden, LSU can score points. That was why I was hesitant to pick them to win more than seven or eight games over the offseason. I didn't think they'd be able to score points. But you look at the quarterbacks Urban Meyer recruited at Ohio State. It seems like there's legitimate first-round talent a year in and year out at Ohio State, right? So when Joe Burrow transferred from Ohio State to LSU, I should have known he was going to be pretty good. And he's been pretty good so far for LSU. And LSU is 5-0. and They're beating teams pretty badly. They're scoring points. They're a problem. Like I said, they could have very easily been my second best team in the SEC right now. I have them at three, barely. But LSU is going to be tough. LSU might give Alabama everything they can handle. And for Texas A&M, that's going to be a really tough game again at Kyle Field the last game of the year. My fourth best team in the SEC right now, it's actually Kentucky. And I say it's Kentucky because if you've seen this Kentucky team play, we hit on this in the first segment. But that Kentucky defense is legitimately one of the best defenses in the country. In the SEC, you have Alabama, LSU, Georgia. Those are sort of the elite defenses, right? Kentucky's right there. I mean, they're giving up just over 12 points per game, 280 total yards, 
They're a really good football team. Their defense is serious. Their defense alone will keep them in just about every game left on their schedule. And then on offense, you have Benny Snell, a Heisman candidate, in my opinion, the best running back in the country. So they have a lot of different weapons. I could see this Kentucky team easily winning 10 games this year. They're the fourth best team in the SEC right now, in my opinion. Number five is where it gets hard. Florida's red hot. They're coming off a good win against Mississippi State. Auburn, I think, is still a good team. They've underachieved so far. They barely beat Southern Miss last week, 24-13. So there's a lot of different ways I can go about this. But right now, I think my fifth best team in the SEC, it's going to be Auburn. It's going to be Auburn. I know Florida's red hot, but I think Auburn is number five. Even though they didn't look that great against Southern Miss, again, a 24-13 win, a game that was a lot closer than the scoreboard indicated. I still think talent-wise, top to bottom, Auburn's the fifth best team in the SEC. And I think ultimately they may sneak into number four. I mean, they've played two big games. They've gone one and one. It's really up in the air right now where they rank in the SEC West. But I just think talent-wise, as far as potential goes, I still think there's a lot of potential for this Auburn football team to be a really good football team by the end of the year. Not necessarily the fastest start for them. They've been sloppy. They haven't really been dominating teams the way you would expect them to dominate them. But I still think Auburn's a really good football team. And right now, I would say they're the fifth best team in the SEC. And I think by the end of the year, we could look back and say they're the third or fourth. I really do. That's going to do it for today's show. Locked on Aggies, your daily source for everything Texas A&M Athletics. Tomorrow, we're going to dive really deep into this matchup with Kentucky. I'm going to give my three things Texas A&M must do in order to get a win on Saturday. But until then, thanks for listening to Locked On Aggies. Locked On Aggies, your daily source for everything Texas A&M Athletics. I'm your host, Taylor Travis. You can follow me on Twitter at TaylorTravis15. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Aggies. Locked On Aggies, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.